Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm going to try something new here and doing an article review. And for the article, we are going to review Robin Wall Kimmerer's article, Nature Needs a New Pronoun. To stop the age of extinction, let's start by ditching it. And it is in quotation marks. So this uh, episode is going to go over this article and we're going to talk a lot about the power of language and some different ways we can use language to help turn our minds more towards the natural world and being more in relationship with uh, the other beings within it, the more than human beings in the natural world. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Wilderness and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Walleen. This podcast is an exploration of the ways that people can reconnect to the natural world through bushcraft, naturalist skills, and time spent immersed in the nature they find around and within them. We also discuss how this reconnection can increase our individual well-being and that of our communities and the earth. Thank you for joining me. I'm really glad you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I thought I would do something different this time, and uh, you know, if this goes well, I think this might be something I do more often. Uh, just kind of wanted to do a short little episode and maybe start kind of a new uh, format, if you will, of shorter episodes, uh, mostly to do with articles, different articles that I come across. There's lots of great knowledge, lots of great authors out there that have a lot of really wonderful things to say. And uh, I think it's worth taking a look at those and uh, reviewing them. So this is going to be my first article review episode. And for this one, we have Robin Wall Kimmerer, who has been mentioned multiple times on this podcast uh, because of her wonderful teachings surrounding our relationship with the natural world and the things that we can learn from it. Uh, she's the author of Braiding Sweetgrass, which has been mentioned multiple times, as well as the book Gathering Moss, A Natural and Cultural History of Mosses. So this article is entitled, Nature Needs a New Pronoun. To stop the age of extinction, let's start by ditching it. And it is in quotations. And the little uh, kind of subtitle blurb is calling the natural world it, in quotations, absolves us of moral responsibility and opens the door to exploitation. Here's what we can say instead. So if you haven't already figured out, this discussion is going to be in regards to the language that we use surrounding the natural world. And uh, language has such a power. It's one of the most powerful things that we have and I would go so far to say as it is one of our superpowers as human beings on this earth. We all know and have seen the power of language in our lives um, from, you know, the things that we tell ourselves, the, the words that we give ourselves, words of affirmation or, um, or even more negative words that we tell ourselves and how that affects our being and our psyche. But especially the words that we use in relation to others and not just the words themselves, but the tone and the feeling and all those other things behind those words that we use. Uh, they have power to create powerful, amazing, loving things. And they also have power to tear down things and create a lot of negativity and harm and hurt. 
in the world. And any parent can attest to the veracity of uh, these things that I'm saying. Uh, We have a lot of power in our words. And not only do our words have power, but language as a whole has a lot of power to influence uh, the linguist, so to speak. And I'm not a multilingual person, unfortunately, but uh, those who are can attest to the ways in which language can shape uh, our thinking and how different different cultures with their language uh, it really changes the way that people think and and you know language and culture are such an inseparable thing and language informs culture and culture informs language and so on and so forth and this article is really a kind of a treatise on the way in which our western culture and the english language that comes along with it uh, has done us a great, a great disservice, uh, especially in terms of our relationship with the natural world. And it's a, really a call to change the language, because as we know, language change over time as well. And so uh, Dr. Kimmerer gives us uh, an example of something that we can use, a, a new type of term, a new pronoun in which we can refer to language. So uh, that being said, I'll go ahead and kind of get more into the article. And she kind of starts the article just talking about the wonderful greatness and beauty of the natural world and the beings that are in it. And and that's what this article is really referring to is those other beings, the trees, the plants, the animals, uh, the insects, all these different beings out there. And how as a culture using the English language, we often refer to these beings as it. In fact, we refer to the earth itself as it. And like I just did, the earth itself. Um, and, and her call is to use a different word because when we use the term it, we have a tendency to objectify things. And Dr. Kimmerer gives us an example that kind of to kind of hit us to the core to help us understand kind of the plight of this situation. She says, imagine your grandmother standing at the stove in her apron and someone says, look, it is making soup. It has gray hair. We might snicker at such a mistake. At the same time, we would recoil. In English, we never refer to a person as it. Such a grammatical error would be a profound act of disrespect. It robs a person of selfhood and kinship reducing a person to a thing. And yet in English, we speak of our beloved grandmother earth in exactly that way as it. The language allows no form of respect for the more than human beings with whom we share the earth. In English, a being is either a human or an it. And so for me, this kind of gives a clue into, uh, you know, our mindset and how language influences our relationships and our connections or lack thereof with the beings around us that are not human. And as we refer to these beings in this way, it, it, it really objectifies them. And not only does it treat them as an object in our minds, but it also in a way, and, and Dr. Kimmery gets into this later, almost gives us permission to exploit it. Because if it is not a communal being, someone that we can be in relationship with, then we don't have any problem taking from it. We don't have any problem exploiting it. We don't have any problem, uh, you know, satisfying whatever needs we might have by doing things that are not right to it. Uh, and so that's kind of the crux of this whole 
article and, and argument that she's making here. And so to kind of combat this problem, Dr. Kimmerer uh, goes back to her native language roots and she, she looks for ways in which we, uh, we can maybe change this around. And she's a, a Anishinaabe by uh, cultural heritage. And she says that in Anishinaabe language and many other indigenous language, languages, it's impossible to speak of other things as it, of other beings as it. Uh, she says that they use the same words to address all living beings as we would our family because they are, in fact, are our family. Uh, what She goes on to say, what would it feel like to be part of a family that includes birches and beavers and butterflies? We'd be less lonely. We'd feel like we belonged. We'd be smarter. And this kind of brings to mind uh, my own personal experience with changing my language. And I've referred to this a little bit in past episodes, but when I started, uh, you know, my awareness studies, when it comes to, uh, the outdoors and nature and becoming more of a naturalist, I started to change the way that I spoke and referred to other beings. And instead of seeing them as other, uh, I started looking at them more as friends and family and actually greeting them and saying hi and, uh, calling them my friend and, and things of that nature. And I found that as I started doing that, uh, they really they really did start to become family in a way. I really started to have deeper connections with them just by switching that, you know, the way my perspective and the way I referred to and talked about and talked to them, that was a very important thing for me. And I see this as an extension of that. Because if we are going to look at these beings as our family, then we will want to refer to them in that way as well. She says, in indigenous ways of knowing, other species are recognized not only as persons, but also as teachers who can inspire how we might live. We can learn a new solar economy from plants, medicines from mycelia, and architecture from the ants. By learning from other species, we might even learn humility. And of course, that's one of the biggest uh, benefits of connecting with the natural world in a very direct way is that humility that we gain from them. We learn all the, the, I like to, when talking to my kids, I like to talk about the superpowers of all these beings. They have such amazing abilities and powers and we can learn from that. We can learn uh, how to stalk and how to be still from the herons. We can learn how to root ourselves into the earth from the trees. Uh, we can learn how to look to the sun um, you know, from by the sunflower or other flowers who, you know, orient themselves to the sun in order to, to gain energy. We can learn so many wonderful things from these beings if we would but look at them as family, as fellow travelers in this world. And I suppose the question here is that if we are able to change our language and thus change the way that we look at things, might we be able to change what's going on with uh, the the lack of environmental stewardship going on within our culture with the the dying of species daily uh, with all these crazy environmental issues that we have and that's the question that uh, dr kimmer asks is might the path to sustainability be marked by grammar and i think it's a valid question and and a, a, a possible solution that we can explore for sure 
Dr. Kimmerer goes on also to talk about the imperialism of language and how, you know, these wonderful languages and, and ways that indigenous people, especially in uh, North America here where we're at, but also throughout the world, uh, refer to the natural world in such beautiful ways and, and have these connective languages. Uh, but when the imperialists come in, they, one of their, their greatest tools of suppression is to replace these languages, to disallow them from being spoken. Um, and by doing so, they replace the language of nature as a subject uh, with the language of nature as an object. So it's no longer a subjective being that has its own autonomy and, and rights and, and all these things, but now it's an object uh, which we can exploit, as I talked about earlier. So Dr. Kimmerer goes on to, to make a modest proposal for the transformation of the English language, as she calls it a reverse linguistic imperialism, and hopefully a shift in worldview through the humble work of the pronoun. So again, wishing to root this uh, new form of language in her traditions, Dr. Kimmerer uh, went to the elders of her Anishinaabe people and uh, asked for a word for beings of the living earth. And uh, elders suggested that the word would be, and forgive me, I'm pro I know I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, but as it's spelled, Bemadaziaki, uh, Bemadaziaki. Um, she said she wanted to run through the woods, calling it out. So grateful that the word exists. And, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that words like this exist, words that have such meaning imbued within them. Um, however, that's kind of a, a difficult word. <laughs> it's less simple. Um, and she said that we need a new, uh, a simple new English word to carry the meaning offered by this particular indigenous one. So one that still encompasses the meaning, but uh, might be easier for people to adopt. So what Dr. Kimmer proposes is that the last two letters of this word, which is K-I, or pronounced key, would uh, signify a being of the living earth. So all beings uh, that are not, you know, the more of the more than human world. So she says, um, not he or she, but key, K-I. So that when we speak of sugar maple, we say, oh, that beautiful tree, key is giving us sap again this spring. And she says, we'll need a plural pronoun too for those earth beings. Let us make that new pronoun kin. And I really love this. And this is something she touches on in her book um, because kin is not a completely new word to us in the English language. Uh, of course, we, it means family. And, and how wonderful that this new word, that this new pronoun that we can use to refer to the more than human, to beings in the more than human world, uh, can, can be the same as what we know in the English language already as family. She says, so we can now refer to birds and trees, not as things, but as our earthly relatives. On a crisp October morning, we can look up at the geese and say, look, kin are flying south for the winter. Come back soon. And she closes with, uh, with this last paragraph here. Language can be a tool for cultural transformation. Make no mistake, key and kin are revolutionary pronouns. Words have power to shape our thoughts and our actions. 
On behalf of the living world, let us learn the grammar of animacy. We can keep it to speak of bulldozers and paper clips, but every time we say key, let our words reaffirm our respect and kinship with the more than human world. Let us speak of the beings of earth as the kin that they are, or as the family. So I just really, uh, really, really love this article and the way in which it can help our minds turn towards nature and connect with it deeper. And, uh, you know, this is something that uh, th- this article came out in 2015, so five years ago, thereabouts. And, uh, you know, we've got a ways to go because I haven't heard <laughs> heard this uh, elsewhere. And I have heard it within uh, circles of nature-connected folks, but I haven't heard it in the common language. And might I suggest that we start incorporating it uh, within our families? Uh, it's easy, easier, I should say, to uh, incorporate things like this within our family when everyone has an understanding and people are uh, pretty well unified in the understanding of what key and kin might mean. So uh, this is something that I have vowed to do with my kids when we're out and we see, you know, some ducks on the the local suburban pond. We will say kin. And uh, when we see that that one black duck that hangs out there, I'll say, hey, look, Key is coming towards us or whatever, uh, because uh, inevitably we will have food for Key. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just thought this was a really wonderful article and wanted to share it with you all. And so grateful to Dr. Kimmer for her work. Highly, highly recommend her book, Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. And that's one book. And uh, I'll put a link to that as well as her other books. I'll put a link to this article in the show notes so that you can uh, review it and refer to it. I didn't, of course, read the whole thing, uh, and there's lots of good stuff in there. So please feel free to go back and check that out. And uh, as always, uh, give us some some likes on Facebook or reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're finding this. I uh, really want to spread this message far and wide to uh, to help us all reconnect and find the benefits of that. And, uh, you know, I really do see these as health benefits. This, even this with, with the, uh, with changing our language, we can make deeper connections with other beings in the natural world. We can look at and refer to them as family because they are, we're all on, on this world together and we're so much more connected than we realize, um, you know, just, just the nature of us being here. We are connected with all things. We have an impact on all things and all things have an impact on us. It's like the spider web. When you pull one little thread, it affects all the other threads in that web. And that's exactly the situation that we are in. And when we can solidify, strengthen uh, our connection with the natural world, we are healthier because we are more in community with the beings around us and we receive uh, all the the health benefits of that from um, you know gratitude practices and practices of humility and all the wonderful things that those bring so i don't need to belabor the point uh, but i hope that you all got something out of this and i look forward to you to you joining us for the next episode as well cheers <music>